Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. I'm Johnny Venerable. After the 2022 NFL Draft, joined as always by Mr. Bo Brock. Bo, we've survived yet another three-day regime period of Steve Kime picking players. First of all, how are you feeling? Eight hours of stream content that you and I and the fellas produced. It's a hell of a good time. It was. I loved every second of it. It was fun. Uh, I was glad that we weren't in the same room together when, when there was that lull between 100 and 201. I just kept looking at social media all day Saturday, like, when the hell are the Arizona Cardinals going to make a pick again? It, it seemed I, I, I'm still in that uh, in that void right now. I feel like I'm still waiting for them to make a pick. <laughs> well, we were teased, right? Mike Garofalo of NFL.com said we were going to get an Isabella trade potentially. Wow. So I'm, you know, I'm thirsty over that in conjunction where, hey, Steve, let's trade up. Hey, Steve, let's trade for a veteran. We didn't get any of that. Uh, I still like what they did on, on day three, Bo. They ended up keeping, I think, inexplicably all five picks, two in the sixth, three in the seventh. We'll, we'll get to day three here in a minute. But just like your your general takeaways, you look at this draft class. Goodness, we've been breaking this down for, for three months uh, it's funny, like well before, since you joined the PHNX Cardinals family, we've been talking draft and now it's done. And the Cardinals didn't make a first round pick. Um, if you would have told me maybe a month ago that they would have traded their first for a veteran, I definitely could have believed that, but for them to trade for a veteran, literally like 10 picks before they're on the clock, it's, it's inconceivable. I, I still haven't really processed it, Bo. Yeah. And it, it, it turns out it's going to be awesome for this organization. I mean, as far as what. Marquise Hollywood Brown brings to this team and, and what the, the potential is with this offense and him in it and playing opposite DeAndre Hopkins. A lot of people just like forget how good DeAndre Hopkins can be and to have a complimentary player the caliber of Hollywood Brown who is content from what we heard during his press conference and playing in the next two years of his contract, the final two years of his rookie year, including that option year. Uh, I, I think that is it has the ability to take Kyler Murray in this offense to the next level. Like I, I don't think that there was a player on the you know left as far as the first round went when the Arizona Cardinals made that deal that was going to be better than Hollywood Brown coming to this team in 2022. I really, I, yeah. I, I tip my cap to Steve Kime, and you can here. Here's where I think that people should take notice. Keep this receipt. I think that this is one of Steve Kime's strongest performances in a draft. And his tenure, now tenure, tenure as the Arizona Cardinals GM. I agree with that. Uh, given every, you have to take, contextualize it, right? Like we, we talked about it on Friday after it went down and maybe even a little bit live on Thursday uh, from the Ainsworth, which was a hell of a good time. Shout out to, to Byron Murphy for uh, joining us. And uh, he is unofficially or officially the CB1. The Cardinals didn't take a cornerback <laughs> of note in this draft. But, you know, back to Hollywood Brown, you don't get to pick 23 and find yourself in a value-rich draft in 2022. I, I think everybody had their eyes open who maybe believed that they could get an elite-level player. It just wasn't going to happen. And you made a great point just now talking about, okay, 2022, they're better. They're better in 2023 as well. And, and we can't say that every year after they make their first-round pick. And we're sitting here. You know, I hope he does well next year. We have no idea what to expect from Zayvon Collins, who was the 16th pick in last year's draft, who really didn't make them better or worse last year. He was kind of an enigma. Like, this is a buy 
ascending player on the rise and for what I think was reasonable. Now, you're going to get people in the national media who were critical of this move, and I understand it. But again, unless you're here living, breathing this team and understand the layers of it, and we broke it down on on Friday night, not only the cost effectiveness, but I, I really do believe exiting that offense, which will neuter <laughs> pass catchers that uh, that aren't named Mark Andrews, and going to Kyler Murray in a pass happening offense. That's not a knock on Lamar Jackson. It's just that's what the Ravens do. That's Greg Roman. I mean, name me once upon a time, you know, twelve hundred yard receiver for Greg Roman's 49ers back in the day when they were getting the Super Bowls. And it, that's just not how they play football. He was never a great fit for them, which is why it was funny when they took him once upon a time. I I I really do believe it. He'll be 25 when when the season kicks off. If you can get three to five peak years of him in Arizona alongside Kyler Murray, that's more than worth the 23rd pick in a draft. Where uh, I'm sorry, I, they're going to be good players taken after Arizona. Um, you know, I, I was a fan of Tyler Lindenbaum. That's supposedly who they were going to take per numerous reports. Had they, you know, stayed there, but mm -hmm. at the same time, I'm telling you, this is a move that is a differentiator for 2022 that could take them from a fringe playoff team to maybe you're competing for the division again based upon his skill set and the fact that, oh, by the way, Kyler Murray is is very happy with this acquisition, Bo. Yeah, the, the last uh, Ravens receiver to have over 1,000 yards was Mike Wallace in 2017. That was pre-Lamar Jackson. So he, he, has, he hasn't thrown to a 1,000-yard receiver his entire career. It, that's that's I mean that's pretty telling. And yeah. Lamar Jackson, you can say what you want. You can look at the advanced analytics and you can say, hey, he threw for thirty six hundred yards and thirty six touchdowns during his MVP season. But if you just watch Lamar Jackson, you you can see that he struggles accurately throwing the football, throwing in rhythm. He's not the caliber passer as Kyler Murray is. And the fact that they have a pass together, the fact that this friendship, I mean, that's that's just the the cherry on top that. This is going to continue to keep Kyler happy. That's what this offseason is all about. And when you look at the starting lineup now, DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Hollywood Brown, A.J. Green and the Z, and Brown playing kind of that slot, you know, Christian Kirk role, Zach Ertz, and then James Conner, you'd be hard-pressed to find a skill position group more talented than that in the NFL. And that's what wins, right? We saw yeah. with Cincinnati. I mean, L.A., I know everybody wants to harp on their defense, but it was their offense that, that won that shootout in Tampa Bay. It was their offense, you know, that put their foot on the throat of the Arizona Cardinals in round one. It's an offensive league in 2022, yeah. more so than it ever has been, and especially in a down NFC bow where, yeah, there's the, there's the contenders, there's the Tampas, the L.A.s of the world, but then it's really muddled. There's seven playoff spots to be had, and we said it. Earlier, it bears repeating. If you have a number one defense and maybe a, a middle of the road offense, you're not guaranteed anything. You have a number mm -hmm. one offense and your defense is just complimentary. You're you're competing for a top seed in that conference. That's just the way it goes. So uh, again, I think the Valley people have warmed up to this pick if they didn't love it already. And I mean, it just it checks every box that you would need, assuming he produces for 2022 and beyond. Before we get to day two, I want to remind everybody. The NBA playoffs mean next-level basketball. Get into the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win. Get $150 in free bets instantly, no matter you win, they win. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on the first round with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game from an, for an even bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, 
Place a same-game parlay each day with three or more legs and get up to $25 back if one leg does not hit. It's called call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use that promo code PHNX. Bet $5. We still have some first-round games going on any NBA team to win their game during the first round. Get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code PHNX at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. That's 21 and over Arizona. Only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customer only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for more details. Well, the Cardinals got an extra third-round pick in the Marquise Hollywood Brown acquisition, but, I, I mean, we, we can't gloss over the fact that the shocker of Friday night, Bo, as we were sitting there <laughs> in studio, did not come with one of the two third-rounders. It came with number 55. Yeah, you thought that the Arizona Cardinals were all set at the tight end position, bringing back Zach Ertz on a pretty lucrative deal, the most lucrative deal of the offseason for the team. They bring back Max Williams. They bring in Steven Anderson from the Los Angeles Chargers as yeah. kind of your third tight end. And then sitting at 55, going off the board was uh, the center, was it Jurgens from, from Wisconsin? He goes off the board right before the Arizona Cardinals at 54. And uh, you know, according to John Gambador, that's who the Arizona Cardinals were in on. So Steve Kime pivots, and the best player on his board was the top tight end in this draft. Still there, right for the plucking. And uh, he's now a member of the Arizona Cardinals. Talking about Trey McBride, the pride of Colorado State, the Broncos there. He's even a part of our DMVR family, our, our sister network over there here on All City. And uh, Trey McBride had 1,100 yards on 90 catches in his last season for the Broncos and just very impressive. I only saw one touchdown on a stat line, but that's not to be too concerned about. I think you got guys that can find the, the end zone for the Cardinals, but this is uh the Arizona Cardinals in their first two picks address the offense. They stay offense. And we mentioned it on this podcast a couple of weeks ago. You brought it up with the tweet about this, the skill players on this, uh, on this offense being so old, they got young. They are really young. I mean, Trey McBride is is 22 years old, and Hollywood Brown's going to be 25 this June. Kyler Murray's going to be 25 in August. Those are some guys you can move forward with, uh, and then you can kind of you've, you've got the good veteran mix there. I, I I love the pick. It was it was shocking at, at, at yeah. first because nobody anticipated it, Johnny. Like nobody did, and to see tight end, the initial shock of what the hell are they doing? But then to see them finally kind of buy in and and invest in this position that. Historically, they haven't up until trading for Zach Ertz. Yeah, they, historically, it's been as futile as it gets on, in any position on any you know franchise uh, in the in the NFL. Tight end has been putrid for the Cardinals, and now they've got one of the strongest groups in the league. I was going to put out a tweet. I'm still debating. I probably won't because I'm going to get dragged for it. But it's it's hard for me not to look at Kyler Murray, Hollywood Brown, and Trey McBride and not think. Maybe a poor man's Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, <laughs> and Travis Kelsey. That's what I'm trying to conjure up. Now, yeah. of course, that those are three Hall of Famers versus you know what Arizona has was just Kyler Murray and some unknowns, right? But I, I do think I don't like, want to see the ratio for you on that one, man. No, I think and I, yeah, we're going to keep right. it on this pod with our <laughs> fan base, script. yes, our <laughs> PHNX brethren. But damn it, I, I, I see some similarities. You, you're talking about a player, a special prospect that in our mock. In several of my mocks on our website, gophnx.com, become a member, 50 cents for the first month, 8.99 for the subsequent months. I had him as a first-round pick. 
So you just think to yourself, okay, the Cardinals got what equates to a first round pick by most people at worst, a top 40 prospect at 55. It's tremendous value. Number one, number two, he's 22 years old. You mentioned it by the time he's popped, he's in his, he's, he's entering his peak. Zach Ertz is, is probably off his contract, right? Zach Ertz, perfect mentor player for him to bring him on. Let Zach Ertz ball out for two years and then hand the baton over to Trey McBride while also Trey McBride, because we, we believe in Cliff Kingsbury with tight ends. We saw it last year getting his in the red zone, getting his touches, right? Getting his taste of brief, quick NFL success. So um, did I have to talk myself into it initially for the first like two to three minutes? I had to wrap my brain around it. But then I'm like, shit, this is exactly what the Cardinals need to be doing. You mentioned it. Slow and old at the skilled positions. Let me repeat that. Slow and old. They could not get open. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, we love D-Hop. It's going to be 30 next year, right? We think he's going to age well. Hopefully, knock on wood, the outlier season, the injury season is that. It's an outlier, but we don't we don't know for sure. Guys start to break down post-30 years old. You know, James Conner's got injury history, right? A.J. Green's on a one-year deal. Rondell Moore is a relatively unknown player who has not stayed healthy in three years. You bring in Hollywood Brown, and you bring in Trey McBride. Trey McBride, don't, don't kid yourself. He's an elite run blocker. He needs help with his routes, but, but he is a pass-catching phenom. He is much more, we talked about this Friday, Bo, much more of a refined pass catcher in today's you know landscape of, of college and professional football than Troy Nicholas ever was. Right, Troy oh, Nicholas yeah. was, was a bona fide third tackle that could catch a couple touchdowns you know, for Notre Dame. Trey McBride, you watch his highlights, especially, I mean, he dominated against Boise State, which is a real program that was ranked this year. Uh, I, I think you fast forward two or three years from now, if if this is a guy who's averaging seven, eight, 900 yards a season, that's a hell of a pick. It's a cornerstone player. It's a safety net. Kyler Murray loves the tight end. He fed Zach Ertz crazy last year yeah. when he became a part of this offense. So I, I can't argue it. I understand it. And I... Had they had that been the pick without addressing receiver, I would have had more of an issue with it. But the fact that you coupled it with Hollywood Brown, I think it makes even more sense. Had had you gone, for instance, Trey McDuffie at twenty three, and then gone Trey McBride, Trent McDuffie, I should say, I, I would have had I would have had a little bit of issue with it because I'm like, who's yeah. catch? Come on, we need a second receiver. There were options. I think Sky Moore, some other guys were available. Right? Nope. You just say, okay, here's a twenty four year, here's a twenty two year old. Our quarterback's twenty four. You know, let, let's kick ass for the next five to seven years, Bo. Let's talk about 12 personnel. I mean, that's we've seen that even before they had any capable tight ends. Uh, and, and now they have two of them as far as in the playmaking department. The Arizona Cardinals line up and they have DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, Trey McBride, and Zach Ertz. That's a tough cover. Yeah. And then you have James Conner in there as well. And we'll talk about maybe a pass catching running back that could enter the equation. I mean, there was the one play with Zach Ertz where he scored the 60 yard touchdown, his first TD as a member of the Arizona Cardinals. And you had both chase Edmonds and James Conner on the field. You had those two tight ends and you had two wide receivers. I mean, they, the opposing team had no, was it the Houston, poor Houston Texans? My God, those poor bastards having to try to cover that up. Lovey Smith. Somehow he said, get me out of this DC position. I'll even take a head coaching gig to get away from this for the Texans. And, you know, it was uh, I, I'm, I'm excited about the potential from this offense. And that's one thing I think people need to realize is like all this is based on potential. The potential all looks great. That's why year in and year out, you were making fun about this. 
on Friday night during our coverage about how much praise the Baltimore Ravens get for their drafts, right? Yeah. Yeah. How far has that gotten them? I mean, they, they're really good in the regular season. They've got some decent depth, but when it comes down to it, you know, just winning the draft only goes so far as the next step is developing these players and in helping them tap into their potential. And I think as far as, you know, the Arizona Cardinals, their first pick off the board, Trey McBride has all the potential in the world to be, you know, a top tier pass catching tight end in this league. And that's, if you've got one of those in your offenses, you're in good shape in the NFL, modern day it, NFL. It literally means the difference between like your offense is pretty good to you are elite, right? Yeah. Like there is no, I, 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 there is no elixir to stop the highest at that position. There's a Jalen Ramsey. We've seen it with DeAndre Hopkins can neutralize him a little bit, right? There is no singular player that can that can stop Travis Kelsey when he's on. There is no singular player, Gronk in his heyday. And again, we're going extreme with the comparisons because why the hell not? George Kittle, when he's kicking ass, not even Buda Baker. How many times have we seen Buda get run over by George Kittle? That position, you hit on it, you are set. Your offense, it, it has a dynamic that I would argue, Bo, only maybe five to seven teams in the NFL has. You know, the kid out of Las Vegas, I mentioned the others. I mean, that's yeah. that's about it. That's why teams yeah. every year are so infatuated. And oh, by the way, what did we hear? And we didn't have a chance to talk about this. And I thought about this today. Last year, right, in the first round, what was the player that the Cardinals <laughs> kept being mocked as trading yeah. up for? It wasn't a receiver. Who was it, Bo? Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. And Kyle Pitts continues the trend of uh, general managers and the rest of the league really trying to be able kind of nailing, uh, really scouting these tight ends because there wasn't a whole lot of success when you would take a tight end early. But mm -hmm. if you look at the last few, including Kyle Pitts and TJ Hawkinson, if you could stay healthy, he he's a really yeah. good pass catcher. And Noah Fant, uh, in in the who's now a member of the Seattle Seahawks, pretty good offensive player, another first round tight end. I think that they've started to kind of figure it out. You know what separates the the Joes from the Schmoes as far as taking a guy high. But most of the tight ends, I mean, you have to kind of catch lightning in a bottle. You have to find somebody uh, and, and luck out. Like Kelsey's a fifth-round pick. George Kittle's a fifth-round pick. Darren Waller was a, a, a late pick and, and was in and out of the league before he popped off. So it, it, you really have to – I mean, Jimmy Graham, if you remember him, he was a former basketball player, wasn't even really considered like a top – Rock was hurt coming yeah. out of Arizona. Yeah, yeah so – I think they're starting to kind of nail that in. Now, you know, looking at the rest of this <clears throat> day two, that's where Steve Kime really had to kind of like address the need, like the big need. Last year's yeah. cornerback that he didn't really dig in on and, and take early, he decided to kind of flood the position, the pass rush with numbers. And he started with a guy that, you know, I saw mocked as a French first rounder the whole time. Yeah. Cameron Thomas out of San Diego State, uh, known as a run defender. Actually, there, there's a couple things that you're going to notice of all the edge rushers that they took. And they took three when it was all said and done. That They all have some, some they have a diverse skill set across the board, but they all have a couple things in common as well, Johnny. And it's slowing down the run yep. and it's a nonstop motor. And, mm -hmm. and that's what I saw in each and every one of these scattering reports. And Cameron Thomas is, is so, he's the most polished of the group. Of course, he went first of the group at 87 overall. We were we were charting pass rushers and they were going quickly as day two began. Um, but both 
Thomas and Sanders, the kid out of Cincinnati that they ended up taking at, I believe, 100. Yeah. Um, he is somebody that you the, the more digging you do on him, the more, the more you like what you see. Number one, winning program, winning pro player, consecutive all-conference, right? A, a part of that group that just expected excellence this year, and then you put the tape on, and he is relentless, right? His arms are a little shorter, but at the same time, he he projects to me as somebody I feel like I could check a box. If he's if he's averaging eight, eight to 10 sacks in the next couple of years after his rookie season, it would not surprise me. He just looks like the kind of player, and I'll give Vance Joseph credit, that gets the most out of these guys. So I loved both of those picks. You flood the room. Listen, at the end of the day, one of these two guys hits, it's a, it's a good draft, assuming you get what you need from the first two picks, right? If one of them becomes a bona fide starter that is giving you what you need and the other is just a backup or a depth player, that's still a good draft, right? Especially when you're picking at the, 87 and 100 are at the end of the third round. Um, and I think high upside value, right? Take him where they were expected or in Cam Thomas's, Cameron Thomas's position, higher than he was supposed to, or excuse me, lower than he was supposed to be drafted. 55, I saw it compared to where he was taken at 87, was one of the biggest value picks of the entire draft. It was charted. That was the Cardinals' quote-unquote best value selection. I would argue it was Trey McBride, but apples and oranges at this point. So it, it is a day two that really was, hey, we are not, number one, going to surrender exactly what we're looking for, but at the same time, when the value is there, we will jump on it. You can never go wrong with adding more pass rushers in the NFL in today's day and age. And then, again, I don't mean to continue to harp on it, but Trey McBride, I mean, you hit on that pick and you hit on Hollywood Brown, everything else takes care of itself. I want to remind everybody, children five and older are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine is the best tool we have to reduce the chances of getting sick. The vaccine can reduce the chances, or excuse me, the risk of being hospitalized or even dying from the disease it's safe, free, and highly effective, and vaccines are available throughout Arizona. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location nearest to you. The Sanders pick to you, Bo, was that surprising given that Kime had just taken a pass rusher, or was it kind of very similar to two years ago going defensive tackle back-to-back -back in the fourth round? And similar to last year where they when they went uh, with two corners. Now they went they traded up for Marco Wilson and then they take 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 Allen in the sixth round. Um I yeah, I mean he's been known to kind of do that and he'll do it. And I don't think they're done as far as bringing in edges. No. I think that they're gonna look at some veteran guys and, and that would be great to add to this rotation. Instead of one person in Chandler Jones, uh they're gonna have a rotation that's gonna be uh playing the opposite Marcus Golden and, and JJ Watt and, and Zach Allen, your mainstays on your in your front seven. And, yeah. and I like it because if you can get these guys, if you can get a ro rotation of of Cameron Thomas and Sanders and the kid they picked up in the seventh round out of Penn State, if if you can get a plus Dennis Gardeck and um Victor Dumakeji if he makes the team, if mm -hmm. you can get nine and a half, ten sacks from that group, fine. It's the same production. And if, if you got guys fresh rotating in and out of the thing and, and having a diverse skill set as far as slowing down the run and you've got a, a, a you know big nasty guy like Cameron Thomas and then you bring kind of a, a raw just absolute just specimen like Sanders from Cincinnati and all of them are, are, are ready to make a play out there. I love it. I almost like it more. I, I don't want to drink the Kool-Aid too much. I'm not going to say it's better than Chandler Jones, but like Chandler Jones had five sacks in the first week. And then he had what four and a half the rest of the year. 
Like there, yeah. were, there were days, and, and sure it was it was do good job by the offensive scheme and OC for the other team and 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 kind of executing their game plan against Chandler Jones. But look, I I have no problem. I feel a little bit better today, definitely about their edge rush and their pass rush than I did before the draft started. Well, and I, I think it's clear with this draft, with this free agency period, like they're going to leave their, their strength. The team's going to be the offensive side of the football defense. You want to play complimentary football, even if they take a step back in a couple statistical, you know, categories, couple metrics. I, I still think this is a playoff team. And I still think this does not, you know, pr- prohibit them from taking an edge rusher in the first round next year, depending on what that class looks like going after a free agent edge rusher of note, like, you're, you're throwing stuff at the wall. You're going to see what sticks. Marcus Golden's got one year left on his contract. Like that's a position that's fluid. And, and who knows? Maybe you find one starter. Good hell. Maybe you find two. Um, day three of the draft uh, was interesting again because the Cardinals did not make any moves of note. Didn't trade up. Didn't trade back. Didn't trade veterans. Andy Isabel at this point, I think teams are just waiting for him to be cut. I think the the trade, go find your own trade or we're not trading him unless we get good value. That's hogwash there. He's I, I don't I have seen no scenario in which he's on the team next year. Uh, there are uh, five players that were drafted by the Cardinals that hope to be on the team um, of the five, Bo, um, and they were a mixture of offensive and defensive guys. Which was your favorite selection from that group? My favorite was the final selection in Marquise Hayes from the guard from Oklahoma. He's big, six five, three eighteen, tremendous value, thirty five inch arms. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he's he's got some familiarity with with Kyler Murray. And uh, I just think that he's I, I know. That, I mean, as far as the value you can get in the seventh round, that that's why I like it so much. Now, it's unbelievable. I, I think as far as maybe a close second to that, uh, it, it just depends. Want to kind of get more of a look at him. And is the is the running back at a USC played three mm-hmm. years at Texas and Keontae Ingram. The more I watch him and the more I kind of read about him. He does really kind of seem like a Chase Edmonds clone. Yeah. I mean, he he's not a he's not a primary ball carry carrier. He doesn't have the build for it. I mean, he's he's not like he's not like just a undersized guy. He's six feet two twenty one, decent frame, but you know, great burst in space. And he's also got the ability to catch the football. Uh, he's gonna buy. I mean, he mean him and Eno Benjamin. That's gonna be one of the best camp battles I think coming up here this summer. He's big. Um, you watch his highlights. He's not breaking off 50 or 60 yard runs. It's it's tough yardage yeah. for a team in transition in SC. And, you know, he's part of two programs, Texas and, and the Trojans, that were amongst turmoil, coaching, administrative term, turmoil, turmoil and turnover. Um, and so you're banking on a kid, four star recruit out of high school, six best running back in the country. Just just come in and show your talents. Let's see what you got. Maybe get some yeah. stability at the very least. We'll stash on the practice squad. Um, so I'm going to give a plug. Seth Cox, my buddy at Revenge of the Birds, said he, he talked with Sean Kugler on Saturday night. Uh, I think their kids uh, play baseball together. And Sean said that or, um, that he did not expect both Smith, the guard out of Virginia Tech, and Marquise Hayes to be there. They were surprised wow. with both availability, um, which I think is is great to hear. I'm with you. Marquise Hayes, to me, was a player that I had going maybe two or three rounds earlier. If if you would have told me end of the fourth, early fifth, that would not have surprised me. Now it did hurt me. It was a punch in the gout when both guards from the University of Georgia were taken simultaneously <laughs> before the Cardinals' uh, first pick in the sixth round. But Hayes, to me, 37 starts at guard, check. He's not playing outside position, right? He's a dominant, dominant finisher at the point of attack. He played against legitimate competition. So did Smith. 
But I just think in terms of being polished and ready for the next level, like I watched the tape, Marquise Hayes looks the part. The Cardinals, it's been so long, Bo, for any of these guys. You know, we didn't mention the the outside linebacker out of Penn State, the the cornerback that none of us knew who he was, Christian Matthew or Chris, as he wants to be called. For any of these guys, to to just stick and and be a piece to the puzzle would be huge for Steve Kime, who, I mean, let's be honest, I, I put out a list on Twitter Saturday morning of of hits, and they're not so much hits for Steve as just oh. <clears throat> names you know. Jalen Thompson is by far the most accomplished, but he was a fifth-round supplemental pick that probably should have gone way earlier had he not had off-the-field concerns. Then it's a lot of Chase Edmonds, you know, Andre Ellington, Rodney Gunter, Bobby Massey kind of deal. Um, I would love it if any of these guys were just to come and have a role. And, you know, if I can get selfish here, like could one of these guards come in and in two years be starting and be a contributor? That's that's the dream when you get to yeah. day three. No, no doubt about it. Let me tell you about our, our new partner that we're pumped about, OG Brands. We're excited to welcome OG Brands to the PHNX family. OG's is one of Arizona's first original scratch-made cannabis kitchens and is dedicated to creating the innovative and memorable cannabis-infused products that flavor life's journey. Quality of their products stem from the combination of accurate dosing and amazing flavor. Edibles are not a one-size-fits-all product, which is why OG's is proud to offer a wide range of products for all demographics and preferences. Their model, it's flavoring life, and it's something that we can all get behind. Let's get tropical. Their tropical fruit flavors include guava, strawberry kiwi, raspberry orange, pina colada. How about the orange creamsicle gummies? It tastes like a damn dream, like you're dreaming. It's the creamsicle gummies. <laughs> I know our guy Saul he loves those things. OG's seeks to focus on life's opportune moments to consume our product for us to use on occasions that are laid back and relaxing. You want to learn more about OG's? Go to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com. Yeah, let's wrap up this talk about this, this, this draft class because I do think that there are going to be some players that stick around on this roster. I'm not saying they're going to make an impact right away, but once again, flooding the position at the guard spot. You're taking a flyer on Will Hernandez to kind of have a career resurgence after kind of failing as a as a draft darling a couple of years ago and reuniting with his position coach, Sean Kugler, uh, with the Arizona Cardinals and hopefully hold down that guard spot. But there's going to be competition now. And there's going to be competition not from, you know, little UTEP or some small school, no UMass guy, no Harvard guy like, uh, was it Cole Toner? It, it, it's going to be guys from Oklahoma and Virginia Tech who have produced like numerous starting offensive linemen in this league. They they just they recruit big hog mollies. Yeah, and that's what I like about these guys. Now, I mean, sure, kid from Virginia Tech is, is as far as the NFL goes is undersized, but you know he's still six three, three fifteen. His arms are a little short. If he outplays somebody, good. That's good for the Arizona Cardinals. I, I like what they they kind of what they're going to go into the rest of OTAs with and then go into the you know training camp with as far as his draft class. I think Steve Kime did a very good job. He did himself some favors, things that he hasn't done before as far as taking some chances on some bigger school guys, you know, outside of the cornerback from Valdosta State. Uh, he's going to be playing, as you mentioned, he's probably going to be a team's opportunity guy. Like if he makes the roster, it's going to be on teams. Everybody's been asking us, Bo, uh, what we think the next move is for the Arizona Cardinals. We're going to preview that. This coming week, you can check us out, PHNX Cardinals Live, 4 p.m. Every day, myself, Bo Brock, Damian Anderson, um, Saul Bookman peeked his head into our uh, coverage this weekend. 
then of course the great Frank Sanders. So we got plenty of time to talk about available vets that can fill in some gaps here, but I'm going to put you on the spot before we wrap. Is this a playoff team now after this weekend? It was a playoff team before. You think so? I Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about how weak the NFC is and continues to be, and, and nobody like kind of set themselves apart. I, Philly had a very strong draft, but yeah. I think the Arizona Cardinals with, with Kyler Murray motivated, um, they're, they're in a good spot with DeAndre Hopkins coming back. Now that they gave themselves kind of that extra gear shift uh, for the 2022 season with Hollywood Brown and Trey McBride on the offensive side, some depth at the, on the line. Now, sure, it wasn't in blue chippers, but it, it's depth. Uh, and, and then th- they just got to figure out a couple different spots. And as you mentioned, we're going to talk about it, where they can kind of fill in the gaps between now and the end of July. But I I, I strongly believe, I mean, this is a team that Vegas is saying the, the t- win total over under is nine and a half. So, I mean, that's that's playoffs right there. I mean, that's fringe. But I think that this team can easily get back to the number that they they had last year. And and now they should be, you know, eyeing how they can finish stronger than they than they have and 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 be a team that can win a couple games in, in January and February. They're minus one ten right now via the DraftKings Sportsbook app to make the playoffs next year. I'll I'll take those odds uh via DraftKings promo code PHNX. Um, yeah, I'm with you hundred percent. You watch these teams that are continually lauded, uh, at the end of the day, do you have a quarterback or not? That's the difference in, mm-hmm. in today's NFL. You can have the best draft cast. Seahawks had a great draft. They don't have a quarterback. It doesn't matter, <laughs> right? They take the under, uh, all day, every day. The Arizona Cardinals are uh, absolutely better after the 2022 draft. We appreciate all the support, the outreach. We hope you had fun. We uh, sure as hell did from Thursday night, the Ainsworth, Friday night in studio, our continued coverage. We're going to be rocking and rolling. That's the beauty of PHNX. PHNX Cardinals is the content and the coverage does not stop. uh, And we're going to keep this party going. I want to remind everybody, be sure to like, subscribe, leave this podcast a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate it. Follow us, PHNX underscore Cardinals. Follow us at PHNX Sports on Twitter and, of course, at GoPHNX.com. Dot com. Bo and I will be back Monday at 4 p.m. with Damon Anderson as we keep this train moving. Thank you, everybody, and we'll talk to you then. Take care.